Presented by the United States Sentencing Commission, this is Sentencing Practice Talk, a regular podcast for federal sentencing practitioners covering topics of interest. Here are your hosts, Ebisabi Yisa and Krista Rubin. Krista, so we spent a lot of time talking about, well, we sort of started with generally what is the categorical approach. And I think sometimes people say generally, oh, okay, I get it, elements to elements. But I think we should spend a little bit of time talking about like when you should be using it, what are some things you should be looking out for, and more importantly, like why it's so important. Right, so you had mentioned previously, we usually see this looking at prior convictions and whether they meet a particular category of offenses. Right. And we see this happening in both federal criminal statutes. Yep. You mentioned ACCA. Mm-hmm. And we also see this happening under the guidelines as well. And so um, those are the two main places, the only places, frankly, that we use this categorical approach analysis. So tell me about ACCA or ACCA or Armed Career Criminal, however people say it. Why is the categorical approach important in ACCA cases? Well, so when someone, when a defendant is convicted of felon in possession. Okay. Um, usually that carries a statutory maximum sentence of 10 years. Yes. Under 18 U.S.C. 922G. However, if a felon in possession defendant has three prior convictions right. for violent felonies or serious drug offenses, yep. the penalty is significantly increased and it goes from a 10-year stat max to a mandatory minimum penalty of 15 years up to life. Wow. Right. And so that's why this analysis is so important and why the Supreme Court um, puts sort of such a high standard on how to decide whether a violent felony, a prior conviction, is in fact a violent felony. Right, because you're going from a max of 10 years, right, if you were not ACCA, to minimum 15 and a max of life, right? So that's, so one of the reasons that we, that the Supreme Court created this is because they want to be really sure, right, before we're going to take someone's penalty to 15 to life, that these are in fact violent felonies or um, serious drug crimes. Right. Right. Exactly. But, you know, the Armed Career Criminal Act, ACCA, isn't the only federal statute. There are others as well. There are. Um, so what's another one? So some, like a 924C. Okay. Using or possessing a firearm in connection with a crime of violence. Okay. Now, in this instance, we're not looking at a prior conviction. We're looking at whether, when the defendant was in possession of that gun, whether the instant offense is actually a crime of violence. Okay. And so... Um, you had mentioned that previously that, you know, sometimes it's the instant offense. Usually we're dealing with prior convictions, but 924C is a perfect example of when we're looking at whether an instant offense meets a particular definition. Um, and then the other one that I just thought of, um, and I th- a little bit because there's been some cases about it, um, but also the new legislation, the First Step Act references 18 United States Code Title 16. Yes, um, which just talks about crime of violence in federal statutes. Right. It's the 
sort of catch-all crime of violence definition. I know immigration cases look at whether um, an aggravated felony is a crime of violence, and it's referenced there also. Yeah, and there are other. I remember when DeMaia came out, I did a whole list of all the federal statutes where um, Section 16 is listed. It's everything from the Bail Reform Act about presumption to basically any time you see a crime of violence and Section 16 is referenced in the new Fair Sentencing Act legislation, so it's taken on an even more importance. And again, these are um, both instant offenses or prior offenses, but that is the catch-all definition, right, That's in, the, right. in the statute book. That's right. And so we've spent our time talking about the statutes that require a categorical approach, but we also know that some guidelines actually require this analysis, too. Right. And so the big one that I can think of is career offender, right? Absolutely, yes. And so career offenders are particular defendants whose instant offense is a crime of violence or a controlled substance offense. And these defendants have two prior convictions for either crimes of violence or controlled substance offenses. It's important to point out, though, that the guideline definition of crime of violence is different from the one we just mentioned at Title 18, Section 16. Yes. And in fact, a lot of, you know, the statutes, even the statutes like 924C and 18 U.S.C. Uh, Section 16 and ACCA, you know, those are different definitions too. Right. From each other. That's so right. one thing we really want to be careful of is you know, make sure you know what definition you're working with because they're not all the same. Right. We use them interchangeably, though, because the categorical approach, right, is the same for everything, but definitions may not be the same. So it's super important to make sure you know what you're looking at. Right. And, you know, I think it's also important to note that when the Supreme Court came up with the categorical approach, they were looking at federal statutes, right? Right. And so it was the courts of appeals that actually said, hey, the analysis under the guidelines for career offender, for base offense levels under felon in possession, that looks a lot like the analysis we're doing under the statutes. We need to do this under the guidelines as well. Right. We need, so it's the court of appeals that really brought the categorical approach into the guidelines. Right. right? Because they're saying, well, you've got a crime of violence on this side for guidelines and violent felony over here for violent felonies we already told you you need to be doing the categorical approach at one point the definitions were the same you need to be doing the categorical approach for crime of violence too right right and also there's a lot at stake as well i mean career offenders um, are sentenced at or near the statutory maximum for their crimes right right so we're also talking about increased penalties under the guidelines right these are people who go to automatically category six, right, for criminal history. That's right. So it's a huge increase for a lot of defendants. Um, and I know you mentioned uh, career offender, but, you know, the crime of violence language appears in other parts of the guideline as well, right? That is accurate, yes. Um, we see it in Chapter 7, for oh, revocations. example, for revocations. Um, we see it in money laundering. I mean, just specific offense characteristics right. might mention it. Um, what other places can you think of? I mean, of? the only big one I can think of is under the um, under 2K2.2, the gun uh, guideline, the sort of the felon in possession, trafficking, unlawful possession. 
base offense levels are based on whether the defendant has prior convictions for right. crimes of violence. Right. Um, and really, I think, significantly increase, um, if you're a prohibited person, if you're just a prohibited person without crimes of violence, you're at 14. If you have even one crime of violence, right, you move up to 20. Six right. levels is a pretty big increase. It so, is significant. Again, you know, we t we're talking about not only where you would have to use the categorical approach, but also to give people a sense of really what's at stake for, for defendants, which is in many, t many times significant increases in their penalties, right? Either right. mandatory minimums or sentencing guidelines. Right. So there, there's a lot at stake, basically, right. and um, that's why we use it when we do. This wraps up our episode of Sentencing Practice Talk, today brought to you by the United States Sentencing Commission. Thanks so much for listening, and be sure to check back often for new topics. Sentencing Practice Talk, a regular podcast on federal sentencing issues. Please be advised that information provided by the Commission staff is offered to assist in understanding and applying the sentencing guidelines. The information does not necessarily represent the official position of the Commission, should not be considered definitive, and is not binding upon the Commission, the Court, or the parties in any case. Thank you.